0: I'd like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal peoples whose land FBI radio broadcasts on and pay my respects to Gadigal elders past, present and emerging. The Gadigal peoples have been a part of this land and waterways for over 80,000 years before us and will be for a long time after us. We are so grateful to have the privilege of sharing our stories from a place of strength, resistance and refuge right here in Redfern. My name is Georgia Mokak, and thanks for tuning in to Race Matters this afternoon. We are people of colour, yarning and connecting with people of colour, strengthening our stories, perspectives, and cultural identities. This afternoon, I'm joined by the amazing Emily Ngobule. Emily is a Takalaon, Fijian, multidisciplinary storyteller working across live performance and film as a performer, writer, director, consultant, creative producer. Emily's work is Intercultural center, Centering the Development of Ethical Trans-Indigenous Collaborative Creative Processes and Outcomes Informed by Indigenous Epistemologies, Ontologies and Cosmologies. That we'll get into a bit more detail on later on in the show. Sis, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> Sleep? Eat breakfast? Yeah, We're I don't just... <laughs> eat breakfast. <laughs> Emily didn't have <laughs> breakfast this morning.
2: I know, it was so terrible. <laughs> don't tell your kids. <laughs>
0: um before we get into these deeper yarns um you've worked quite a bit with nairi and we're about to play one of her live tracks in a sec do you want to intro this track and tell us a little bit about why you've chosen it
2: um yeah i um I absolutely adore Nari as a um, human, as a friend, and as an artist. Um, What she represents as a Papua New Guinean woman, I think, is so so important to the cultural ecology of the music industry in in Australia as we know it. Um, We don't really get to see many Melanesian women. We don't get to see many Papua New Guinean women. I know very few in the industry. such as Kate as well, who Mm. are kind of like breaking into, um, their own aesthetic and like sonically and visually. And for me, like Nari really represents since I was a young age, like someone who's just always done her own thing, her own way and continues to do that, especially now as a mother. Um, So this track is from a um, live set that she did with um, another amazing um, powerhouse Tando and um, the duo Tafu from her last uh, album.
1: Of the ocean, I'm human and tired My powers fail to move mountains I'm inexpensive, kings fail, fall at my feet Without you, I'm far from celestial Without sorcery, i great poetry Let's Place beyond imagination. Just went
0: Nairi featuring Tando and Tatafu with a live version of I Can't Hear God Anymore on Chapel Summer Sessions. You're listening to Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5 and we've got Emily Ungavule in the studio with us. We were just having a little chat about Nairi being an independent artist after how many years has she been practicing Gosh, I now? Think, mm, um, I don't want to say
2: that people doing a Oh yeah, mask, yeah. But- no, no, it's
0: cool. It's <laughs> chill. Um... But a yeah. long time. She's an OG. Yeah. yeah, And just thinking about your your own practice, which I'll get you to talk about in a second. Mm. It's just um, and we've had a lot of yarns about making our own tracks because we're in an industry that is working against us. And yeah, just using Nari as an example, and you, like, Aww, yeah, tell Thank us. you. I mean, I just <laughs> mentioned all of the like the millions of things that you're up to and not having time to have breakfast and yeah mm. um maybe we'll start with Tolanoa you're the creative director mm. um it was established a few years ago yeah
2: in 2015 yeah so Tolanoa which is uh, like um the word is I guess its roots come from places such as uh Fiji Tonga Samoa um is broadly understood as the concept of um sharing knowledge through conversation um uh in like really deep conversation. And so um Tolano was started by Arieta Tororika, who's a Tongan Fijian woman, um, in 2015 as a as a way to um fill in the gap and counter this over-representation of poor stereotypes of pacific people in the media and um because is based here um in sydney she that was like she was working from her like her lived experience so all of the stories, she started collecting stories of people working in the community and academia and in food and sports, um, in, in the arts, just anyone and everyone who was a Pacifica person that she knew of, um, just to give them a voice and to show our community that we're more than just like rugby players or we're more than just like musicians or, you know, um, all these stereotypes that people want to push us to, but also like the over-representation of us in the media as like thugs and criminals. Um, and you know that we're out in our community and we're doing things and 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 we matter um so she was running that until late 2017 and then I came on at the beginning of 2018 as creative director um and in that time period like so much has happened like it's kind of it's insane like Arieta is such a like I really really respect her and love her and like so she's the perfect example of like I wouldn't be where I am without all of the amazing women that have come before me, Mm. who are like in my life tangibly and intangibly. Um, She just, the work that she did, like set up so many, so much strong foundation for the work that I was able to do through Tolanoa um, and in different parts of the community um, and parts of the world. And like my, yeah, it really helped strengthen my love. And I really, I think I really fell in love with Pacific people even more um, when I took over this job because it allowed me to see how incredibly rich and pure um, culture c- cultural connection can be but also like how diverse that that word is like what that means so many different things to so many different people and that's okay mm. yeah
0: yeah so good that's so exciting mm. um you're also part of another collective, Blackbirds. That, mm. Did that form around a similar yeah, time? Yeah, same
2: year. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, there was a lot happening in 2015. It's a very busy year. <laughs> yeah, it was so um, Blackbirds uh, that started. I graduated from NIDA in 2014 mm. and then um, connected with Aisha Ash. And Aisha, she's Maori Grenadian, She's a Tuhoe woman. And um, she, we had a residency out in Penrith um, at, at Q Theatre and I was like, I just want to make a work with other women who, you know, identify as black and brown. I don't know what it is, what it looks like, but I just know that some, something, it would be nice if we all got into a room together and just like tried to make a work together because my studying experience was not that at all. Mm. Like I, there was um, Emily Haver who was in my year, who's Tongan. But other than that, the, the, the lived experience, mm-hmm. like uh, for three years, like there was no access point for me, like on staff, there was no Indigenous people, like in the curriculum, there was no First Nations, anything like it so was...
0: How many students and staff?
2: Well, in my year, we started off with 20 and then there was, it went down to 17, but those numbers grew and grew. So I think it was like 24 was the intake for the other two years after us and um. And that's just my course, the acting course. So there's like, there's theatre production, all this kind of stuff. So the, the collective kind of grew out of this desire to basically gather and see what would happen from that. And since then, like we've produced theatre works um, that have performed here and also live um, performance that we took to Mangere in South Auckland, in Aotearoa, and um and then, like, we've held workshops here and in and, and, and Melbourne and, and Brisbane. And it, yeah, it basically is just about, like, gathering. Mm-hmm. The purpose is about gathering. And then from that, something organic always kind of some kind of story that we all kind of really connect through turns up and then we turn it into a work. And, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, something that I notice about your works with Blackbirds is, is that um, accessibility is a big thing um, thing that's taken into consideration in all of your work, Mm. um, and, and also the sort of healing and care that you have for your artists that are working on those works, but also for the audience, Mm. um, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about access and Mm. um, how that fits?
2: I think it's like access is so, what I'm learning is that so many of the words that I, I step into, whether that um i i'm i i have to take greater care with the language that i use even if whether that's language that people have put on me Mm. identifiers that people have put on me or language that is i don't identify with but i'm stepping into and i think access is one of those words so for me like in the independent sector it's already so difficult to create work um like just one, doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. But on top of that, when you consider like the socioeconomic barriers of being um, about a Fijian woman on unceded land, um, or, right, then we have to like fight um, – cultural insensitivities with the companies that we, we move into, the producers that we have to engage with constantly, Their front of house, um, looking at contracts that don't acknowledge that things such as like mourning periods, if any of our artists who are, who are First Nations have to kind of like disappear last minute, Um and then on top of that, like, how do we get our communities into these buildings? Like, how do we make sure that the ticket prices are accessible? How do we make sure that the 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 work is near a, a train station or um, near a, a suburb or it, within a suburb that our communities are based in? And then on top of that, um, thinking about like what access means for for or for everyone. Okay. So how do we embed access into the work rather than making it an afterthought? Um, and that's something I have to keep. Challenging myself to rethink. There's like, when I when I talk about embedding access, I'm talking about um, Auslan interpretation and making sure that a venue is wheelchair accessible and making sure that, um, that like, it, is it possible to have like a, a soft performance where the lights are dim or um, that people can have a companion card, all these kinds of things. Like when, like when I was studying as an actor, I wasn't taught any of this stuff, any of this language about, like one about being an artist, like what that means independently. So all of the stuff that the the language that we're trying to build like we're really kind of just like reaching out for straws and there's no national standard kind of like guide that says like hey you're an indie artist here's something that you should think about all of these big organizations they already have the money to kind of like support Mm. them embedding access Mm. and not just in a way that makes the work accessible but also makes the work richer like forces people to think about how um you can receive and create work differently because different you know different people people who are different to you think differently so like um it, it, it's it's really 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 hard and we don't always get it right like and it's not possible unfortunately to always get it right because of the barriers that exist for us that don't exist for you know like our white counterparts in yeah. the industry but we um, also
0: have a long way to go with access yes
2: yeah abso- absolutely
0: less of a leg to stand on yes
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so um. that's it's a tough to, it's, it's a really tough conversation, but I'm really, really passionate about, mm. like, working towards getting it right.
0: Mm. Um, we're going to go to our next track in a sec. Do you want to intro this one as well, sis? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I love this artist so much. Like, everyone that I'm playing today, I really love. Um, this track is by an artist who I think is just, like, such a boss. Like, she's so incomparable. She really, for me, defines womanhood. In her own way, um, especially within the Nigerian music industry, um, and the way that that permeates into the rest of, I think the rest of the um, Afro beats, um industry, I think is like uh, amazing. And this song for all my Niger peeps yeah. out there, <laughs> and all my strong Niger women, <laughs> this is for you.
3: Too good. <laughs> Girl, you shouldn't fuck with. Chillin' with the boys, you do do What? you What? Tellin' how you don't fuck with. FNNC got all, you do-do-do-do. Listen, I'm the girl, you shouldn't fuck with. Chillin' with the boys, you should not do What the hell I'm some to do-do-do? Tellin' me, my, oh, my daddy, what did you do? So Lord, you don't it. be standing. Oh, my God, look at the girl. Yeah, I'm a guy looking. Danny, i a guy looking. I'm a guy looking. I'm a guy looking. I'm a
0: with Oscar uh, You're listening to Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5. Uh, we're with Emily Ungabule. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, Sis, you've been travelling a lot over the last few weeks. Yeah. A lot. Um, and mo- more recently abroad. Yes. Um you were in Geneva yep. for an AI conference held by the UN. Mm. Um yeah, do you want to share what well, that was her? like? Yeah,
2: that was actually really crazy. Um I really didn't look at him um, at the map properly before I got eh. on the plane. <laughs> so I like ended up in Geneva and it, and I I felt I'm going to be really honest, like I got I was flying via um, Abu Dhabi and as soon as I looked at the map and realised that something didn't feel right, And then I realized when I looked at the map that where I was going was landlocked and that there was no like ocean sea area um, around it. And for me, it was like, that was actually really, really confronting. So I was really excited to go to this like massive conference run by the United Nations. And and then I realized I was really, really, really far from home. So um, that was a good reminder to myself to like, look at the map, but also like um, that I, you know, my, even though, I'm really far from home, but I actually always, always carry and embody my ancestors everywhere that I go, my family, my mom, and my community. And so, what I was doing was I was there um, representing Telenoa, um at this conference, AI for Good, which is like the United Nations global summit um, on on artificial intelligence. And I was there with a group of storytellers that had been brought over by Ival, which is a um, AI startup based in um, in America. And um, we had there were people from Pakistan and um from Taiwan and um from from Aotearoa and and different parts of of the US and um and also um had this amazing AI developer um from the Crow Nation come along. And Mexico, like, it was just this insane group of storytellers. And basically, like, it was a, a week-long summit looking at, like, the top, the best of the best who work in the industry and artificial intelligence development. So across all industries, so education, um, uh, human resources, like, um, human uh, aid, like aid, crisis aid, humanitarian resources, sorry, aid, um, and uh, arts and... And people coming along and, like, showing what, what they were doing or what they were interested in doing. Um, and the group that I was with, were we were, out, we were basically showing, like, what the power of artificial intelligence can do when it's married with storytelling. Um, and... Well, I mean, that's what we were there to do, but it was really obvious to me from the beginning of the week that actually, like, AI is pretty useless without storytelling, without humans and without real, real stories. Like, it, it was it was so incredible to be there and see what is capable, like, the capacity of AI, whether it's something as small as Siri or Google Maps, like, tracking where you're going or something as huge as a, as a car, like, racing itself um, as, like, a step towards, like, creating greater access for people who living with disabilities. Like the scope of AI was so huge. Um, but really at the bottom line is that you need humans and you need stories in order for it to have an impact. So my role was there as a storyteller, specifically as a Tokelauan and Fijian storyteller, to to advocate for artificial intelligence researchers, writers and developers to work with how we do things to develop AI technology um, and to kind of like con- Challenge themselves to keep pushing against this colonial way of developing technology. Like everything that we do, everything that we engage with on these platforms, whether they be social media, like social media is so like AI heavy. Everything that we do, all of those algorithms and everything that we see is informed by like by white people (laughs) and white cis men in who live in America. So if you want the development of that technology to have a genuine impact that connects to the way that we think and, and in a way that's positive, then you have to develop the, develop it with us, not develop it elsewhere and then bring it over. So mm-hmm. that was my role. Um, and I, I spoke, spoke at the summit on the last day um, with my, with the rest of my, my storytelling group who were also amazing. And yeah, it's like, I'm a really big advocate for that. Like more first nations people in technology, Please.
0: <laughs> were there many conversations around using artificial intelligence um, for cultural preservation, or was that
2: kind more of what your yarns were more, about? That was more. Were there
0: others yeah. represented.
2: There was uh, there was this one professor. I can't remember what his name was, but he was presenting before us. Actually, talking about AI being used. Um, his presentation was on cultural preservation. And ar- ar- and intellectual property and mm, AI, favorite. yeah, yeah, me too. I love talking about IP and copyright. <laughs> Protect yourself. <laughs> um, so he was—that was his kind of like spiel. But um, actually, in my opinion, like his angle was working against. Like his argument was to record these stories in and. Protect, to To protect them, rather than like maybe not recording these stories protects them, if that makes sense. So, um, I think then when whenever we're talking about cultural preservation and technology, like both arguments need to really be present. Which is like, what is it that we want to preserve, and why, and how are we going to do that, and what is sacred, and and how do we protect that as well with mm-hmm. IP? Because um, one of too much of one of the other is like it, it just leads to exploitation. Um, but yeah, we were pretty much the only group that was talking about cultural preservation in AI, um, which, I mean, in a lot of ways, like that's what AI does inherently, like whatever culture is that big umbrella, it's that's what it's doing. It's like, it's storing these data sets of, of behavior, signature behaviors and categorizing them and using them to kind of like um, share human habits and human behaviors.
0: Yeah. That- <laughs> that it's uh like just so absurd to think um that like white fellas can do this yeah i know yeah exactly uh.
2: it's crazy and that's what that you know i came back from that and i really like i really looked at my life and looked at what i was doing and realized that i wasn't thinking bigger big enough um but, and that's not something that I took on personally like emotionally but I just realized that like I'm not I wasn't thinking big enough because I wasn't I don't have access to these conversations and these opportunities because of things such as money and geography like I would and also you know like they're developing this technology really far away with lots and lots and lots of money so unless they take the opportunity and challenge themselves to come here and develop it then the convers- then we're not going to be included in the conversation which is you know, what we're used to. Yeah, it is sad, but I don't want to believe that that's where we're going. There's so many incredible people working. That's why you're doing
0: all of the amazing things. And you too. (laughs) You too. Um, this we're really running on black color time at the moment. Um yeah, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up now. Thank you. But thanks so much for joining us. No, on thanks for race having
1: matters. me. Race matters.
2: Race
1: matters. Race 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 matters.